Seeking the Extraordinary is sponsored by The Colony Group, a national wealth and business management company that seeks the extraordinary by pursuing an unrelenting mission of providing clients with peace of mind and empowering their visions of tomorrow. To learn more about how The Colony Group manages beyond money, visit thecolonygroup.com. Welcome, fellow seekers of the extraordinary. Welcome to our shared quest. A quest not for a thing, but for an idea. A quest not for a place, but into deep, inner, unexplored regions of ourselves. A quest to understand how we can achieve our fullest potential by learning from others who have done or are doing exactly that. Extraordinary stories of overcoming anguish. Every single one of them had lost somebody from their family. I will never give up on trying to lessen that conflict. People who have stood up to challenges with true courage. Do something in life that, that you have a passion for, something that you enjoy and you find fulfilling. That's where you have your greatest success. Stories that will enlighten and inspire. What I said to him is absolutely a cliche, but the journey is more important than the end result. May we always have the courage and wisdom to learn from those who have something to teach. Join me now in Seeking the Extraordinary. I'm Michael Nathanson, your Chief Seeker of the Extraordinary. Today, I want to welcome you all to Extraordinary Lessons. Now, on today's show, I wanted to speak about the concept of ambition. It's something that we as human beings are often, not always, but often wired to seek. And, and as we think about this concept of ambition, uh, it's important for us to think about why. What exactly are we ambitious about? Some of us have ambition around money. Some of us have ambition around power. Some of us are looking for fame. And some of us are looking for legacy. Some of us think about ambition not in such a traditional sense, but rather we think about ambition in terms of accomplishing great things for the world and leaving a mark behind when one day we're gone. This concept of ambition will be our topic for today. Now, the one thing that I want to point out for those that are not regularly thinking about their own ambitions is that ambition generally is something that uh, everyone feels. We shouldn't feel ashamed of it. I myself have a... uh, have um, uh, a number of screensavers where I see Arnold Schwarzenegger and it says conquer and it shows him winning a bodybuilding competition. It's a normal part of being a human being as we think about this. But in general, what we do during our lives has just got to be seen as being ephemeral. And, uh, and as we think about that, if those of us who are thinking about ambition in terms of legacy and in doing something extraordinary for the world, um, if that's in fact the case, we should be thinking about how we can make our ambition and our uh, subsequent and consequent accomplishments in life something more than just ephemeral. That's something that we can think about as we, uh, we pursue our daily activities. 
One of my, my favorite books, my favorite business books anyway, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And in that book, Stephen Covey, one of his, his seven habits is to begin with the end in mind. Now, when he talks about beginning with the end in mind, he's not speaking about beginning a project with the end in mind. What he's talking about is beginning the rest of your life thinking about your end. What will people say about you at your funeral? And as we think about our ambitions, maybe we can do more to think about the end and how our ambitions fit into how we will one day be remembered at our funerals and beyond. I want to move into, into, into the business world, and I want to talk about the company that you might work at or perhaps the company that you might own, maybe the company that you aspire to, to work at, or maybe just a company that you might be investing in. And I want you to think a little bit about ambition and the plans within that company. What does that company stand for? What is it trying to accomplish? Is it trying to just make as much money as it can? Uh, is that consistent with what you seek? Um, or is it trying to do something more than that? And is that more important to you? There is a company that most of you have never heard of. It's called the South Sea Company. And during its peak, it was one of the largest companies in the world. But you probably have never heard of the South Sea Company. In fact, I would say that if you've heard of it, that's because you must be a student of commercial history. This is a company that was engaged in the slave trade. There were cases of insider trading, fraudulent reporting. And ultimately, the South Sea Company uh, went under. And, um, and uh, it not only went under as a business, it was completely forgotten. Nobody has ever heard of the South Sea Company. And the reason for that is because it ultimately pursued money and greed and, uh, and went nowhere and is no longer uh, in anyone's memory. More recently, I could look at a case like Enron and, and think about uh, what Enron chose to be about and how it expressed its ambitions as a company. And we still remember Enron, but how do we remember Enron? Do we remember it for good things or do we remember it for bad behavior that ultimately had severe consequences, not just for Enron and its shareholders and other stakeholders, but ultimately for the rest of our economy? I'm now going to shift back to a, uh, to a sonnet. And uh, it's a sonnet called Ozymandias. And Ozymandias is Greek for Ramesses II. And uh, Ramesses II, by the way, as an aside, is, is many believe is the pharaoh from the Exodus story from the Bible. Uh, we don't know that definitively. Uh, but there was a great sonnet written in the early 19th century by Percy Shelley, which reflects what I'm trying to talk about when I talk about ambition. I'm going to read it to you. I met a traveler from an antique land who said, Two vast and trunkless legs of stone stand in the desert. Near them, on the sand, half sunk, a shattered visage lies, whose frown and wrinkled lip and sneer of cold command 
tell that its sculptor, well, those passions read, which yet survive, stamped on these lifeless things, the hand that mocked them and the heart that fed. And on the pedestal, these words appear. My name is Ozymandias, king of kings. Look on my works, ye mighty, and despair. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. In this sonnet, what Shelley was talking about was the fact that Ozymandias, Ramesses II, had done great things, at least according to the times, in terms of conquest and in terms of building an empire. But Ramesses II is gone, and what's left behind is a statue calling for people to despair and look on his works, but those works are no longer there. They're gone. And such is the nature of our lives. As we think about our own ambitions, we must be thinking, what will our ambitions do for the world? How will we be remembered? And if we're not willing to think that way, we need to accept the fact that we will be forgotten in the future. That all of our ambition, all the things that we were striving for, that these things will ultimately be ephemeral, they will be forgotten, and we will be forgotten. One of my favorite movies is a movie that very few people have seen, and I would like to, to suggest to my audience that if you're looking for a great movie that'll make a difference in your life, you have to see The Emperor's Club. The Emperor's Club, which stars Kevin Kline, is a movie uh, about a classics teacher uh, who was teaching at a, well, I'll just call it a stuffy old boys' school where the boys all had to, it was boys only, and the boys all had to wear a uniform. And, well, you know, this was a classics teacher that was all about teaching the classics to, uh, to the future leaders of the world. I think it's set probably in the 1950s, maybe, yeah, probably 1950s, I would, I would guess. And... Uh, and and the, 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 the main character, played by Kevin Klein is a teacher uh, whose, uh, whose character is named Mr. Huntert. And uh, at the beginning of every year, Mr. Huntert has all of these, these boys who are uh, probably feeling, well, as you might have felt when you were a young, a young person um, in a class, first day of school. They're all feeling nervous. They're feeling anxious. And he says to... Uh, he says to one student, Martin Blythe, he says, Mr. Blythe, will you go to the back of the room and will you read the plaque that is, uh, is at the back of the room? And so uh, Mr. Blythe, who is you know, 10, 12 years old, goes to the back of the room and he reads the following plaque. I am Shutruk Nahunte, king of Anshan and Susa, sovereign of the land of Elam. By the command of Inshushanak, I destroyed Sippar, took the steel of Naran Sin and brought it back to Elam, where I erected it as an offering to my god in Shushanak, Shutruk Nahunte, 1158 B.C. Now, Mr. Hunter then says, thank you, Mr. Blythe, you can take your seat. And then he says, okay, class, uh, open your books and tell me everything that you can tell me about Shutruk Nahunte. And they all begin to look in their books. And then he says, you won't find anything. 
Shutruk Nuhunte, king of Anshan and Susa, sovereign of the land of Elam. Then he pulls a map down and he shows the class what Elam was. Now, this, this is a real character. Yes, it's a movie, but Shutruk Nuhunte is a real figure from history. And Elam really was a place. It comprised much of what we call Mesopotamia today good portion of Iran, Iraq, some of the surrounding countries. It was a huge swath of land. And this man, Shutruk Nuhunte, did conquer those lands and built a huge empire. But he points out to the class, this was the sovereign of the land of Elam. He was a great king, and yet no one remembers him. You won't find anything in your textbooks about Shutruk Nuhunte. And in fact, um, I went and, and Wikipedia'd uh, Shutruk Nuhunte, and, uh, and sure enough, uh, there's a little bit about him, the sovereign of the land of Elam, etc., very short entry, and basically what it says is he was made famous by the movie The Emperor's Club. And what Mr. Hunter says to the class is that the reason that you will not find anything about Shutruk Nuhunte, sovereign of the land of Elam, no matter where you look, is because great conquest, great ambition, without contribution, is without significance. And that, my friends, is what I want to talk about. That is the message that I'm trying to deliver right now which is that as we think about our ambitions, we need to do what Stephen Covey suggested. We need to think about the end. How will we be remembered? Will, be re- will we be remembered like Shutruk Nuhunte, like Ozymandias, which is to say that they're just but a shadow that are not remembered well and soon will not be remembered at all? Or do we want to be remembered in perpetuity? Do we want our works on this planet during our lives to be more? What, my friends, will your contribution be? That's the question I ask myself every day, and I suggest to you, you might ask yourself as well. And with that, we conclude today's Extraordinary Lessons. You can learn more about today's topic by reading my article, What Will Your Contribution Be? And thank you to our sponsor, The Colony Group. The Colony Group is a national wealth and business management company with offices across the country that itself seeks the extraordinary as it pursues its unrelenting mission of providing clients with peace of mind and empowering their visions of tomorrow. To learn more about The Colony Group and how it manages beyond money, visit thecolonygroup.com. You can also follow The Colony Group on LinkedIn and on Twitter at Colony Group. For Seeking the Extraordinary, I'm Michael Nathanson. Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Nathanson underscore MJ to learn more about my ongoing search for the extraordinary.